Welcome, uh, fans. Today is uh, our Fantasy Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Selan Parekh. Uh, it is week 14 injuries, and, and we are going to be talking about some of the biggest things that happened during week 13. And we've got lots to talk about, but we're really going to focus our attention on some of the fantasy-relevant injuries. Uh, as always, I have my, my partner in crime, Jesse Morse, uh, sports surgeon, uh, sports physician down in Florida, joining me. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Good, very good. Exciting. A, week, a long year already. I feel like it's like an eternally long NFL season. Well, I, I think for us it seems even longer because here we are tracking injuries every single day, every single week, and it just the, the list just unfortunately keeps seeing, seems to be getting longer and longer and longer, and there's very few people who drop off, so it's kind of uh, interesting. I don't know oh, if you yeah. feel the same way. Oh, 100%. I put out that weekly, you know, uh, injury report, and I felt like last week's was like 50 players long, which was crazy. Well, it's like I told you last week, that, that rapid fire we did at the end, I felt like I was on rounds uh, as, a surge, as a surgery resident back in the day and just were flying through everybody. So, well, let's kick this off because we got a lot to talk about. And I know, you know, if, if anybody saw the AFC matchup between the Steelers and Bengals, they, they're gonna, they've seen what we're gonna about to talk about. Ryan Shazier uh, had a, a what looked like a brutal injury, um, and, and when he he took the tackle, he hit the crown of his helmet, grabbed his back, and he couldn't move his lower extremities, and it was uh, very horrific to watch. The good news is today he was transferred back to Pittsburgh, so he's back in his hometown. His family is with him, and there are reports of him being able to move his legs. So that all sounds great. But to understand this a little bit further, we're going to bring on board one of our guests. Ronnie Mimran is a, a, a neurosurgeon uh, from the West Coast. And, and Ronnie, it's great to have you to bring some insight into what's going on here. Uh, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure being on. It's great having you. So give us a breakdown. And, and before you get jump right into the injury, I want you to tell me, what did you think when you saw the video, because, you know, as, as physicians, we all see this, and I'm sure all of us cringed, but the lay public, I, I'm sure, was even more scared than we were. So what went through your mind as soon as you saw the video, and then kind of tell me what you're thinking as the days have gone on since Monday night. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, to be completely honest with you, when I was watching the injury live happen, I, I think I had probably the same visceral reaction that most people had, uh, even, even being a spine surgeon, uh, you still have that same cringe type of reaction, uh, when you see something. And, and I mean, every, every person watching knew something was, was, was dramatically wrong. Um, there's a, there's a big difference between, you know, the typical injury, you know, most football players have where they, they come down, they're kind of writhing in pain. And the first thing we all do is look and make sure that they're moving all their extremities, uh, you know, without any training or medical, you know, medical knowledge or training or anything. We, we, we kind of instinctively do that. Uh, and I think that same visceral reaction when he went down and you just did not see him move his legs. I mean, he flipped himself over so that he was face up and then that was it. We didn't see any movement of the legs from that point forward on the uh, on the television broadcast. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, scary. I mean, it, was, it absolutely is scary. And so, you know, 
if you are the team doc, you're the athletic trainers on the sideline, what are you doing? I mean, give give our fans an insight as to what's going on through the, 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 the medical staff's minds as that's happening, as they're running out to the field to assess it. Well, this is this is uh, this is a, a fantastic example of the level of training uh, that some of these first responders have, and I I call them first responders because that's that's really what the athletic trainers and orthopedic surgeons and and uh, team doctors are when they respond to this type of injury. I mean, uh, they run out onto the field, uh, assess the situation, and they have a very, very detailed action plan. Um, you know, the head trainer uh, is usually the person who sits at the, uh, at the, at the, the player's helmet. Uh, the orthopedic surgeon is, is examining and, and, and talking to the, to the uh, player. Uh, the assistant trainers may be helping with other areas of the body and, and assessing uh, as well. Uh, but, but there's a very, uh, well-detailed protocol that uh, that they practice and they follow, just like you know, just like a paramedic practices CPR and and, uh, and and intubating somebody or something like that. This is a this is a very well-oiled machine that happens. Right. But but I can tell you that within you know within 10 seconds of, of kneeling uh, in front of Shazir, uh, they they put in the spinal protocol. They put that into action. Yeah. Awesome. And, and so, so you know, they, they get that protocol into action. Obviously, they take him over to the trauma uh, hospital, trauma bay. They start getting the CT, the MRI. We get the reports that structurally there didn't seem to be any uh, real big damage from a bone, ligament, intervertebral disc issue. That's good news. But what are the next big things that you're worried about in the ensuing 24, 48, 72 hours? From from the from the swelling perspective, and, and and that's one part of it. And and what's your take on this spinal contusion idea that we're hearing that he has? Yeah, I I, I think that you know for for people to understand spinal injuries, especially these type of spinal injuries, traumatic spinal injuries, uh, what people have to understand is that the spine is an incredibly complex uh, uh, organ, really. Um, but but really, it can be broken down into two basic components: is the the bones, the ligaments, the discs that make up the spine. You know, sort of what people think of as the spine. But knowing that the interior of the spine houses the spinal cord. And so, when I explain the structure of the spine, I really tell people it's it's like a construction project. You have the structural components, which is sort of the framing you know, of the house and the drywall and, and the things that hold the house up. And then you have the electrical components, which is the wiring and, and, you know, the lights and all that stuff. So the spinal cord is the electrical component and the spine is the structural component. And so in order for, uh, in order for us to assess the, the, the extent of the injury, we really have to look into both of those components. And so the MRIs, the CT scans, the X-rays, all the different things that they've that they do is is in an effort to assess both of those things, and those are always in combination with a physical examination. 
you know, doctors literally at his bedside asking him, can you feel me touching you? Can you feel, can you wiggle your toes for me? Can you lift your leg off the bed? Things like that. So, you you know, with, 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 you know, to answer your question, thankfully the structural components of the spine don't appear to be damaged. Now, you know, I haven't obviously seen the pictures myself, uh, nor have I examined. So we're going based on reports. You know, we have some official reports from the Steelers organization, the general manager, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we have a lot of unofficial reports, things like tweets from other Steelers players and things like that. Uh, but what we're hearing is, is that that the structural components are okay, but the electrical component, the spinal cord, is not okay. Uh, and the extent of the not okay is, is as of yet undetermined, but uh, it, he's been diagnosed with a spinal cord contusion. Now, contusion is another word for a bruise, um, but unlike what most people think of as a bruise that you would get a, a thigh bruise or a, you know, an arm bruise or something like that, when, when the spinal cord is contused, it's damaged. And, and, and we all know that when spinal cord damage occurs, that is largely irreversible. So what, we're, what we are likely seeing at this point, this, this period of time after the Monday night game, but before we're really hearing much about his injury, is we're likely seeing a period of continuous assessment and reassessment to figure out the extent of the spinal cord damage. Uh, you know, it's, it's very hard to put myself in that position because there's a, there's a multitude of different problems that could be occurring, and I'm not sure, sure. What, it, you know, what the extent of it is. But in all likelihood, we're dealing with a contusion, and, and that is a, a type of spinal cord injury. Right. And, and see, you know, a lot of people are already asking, well, is he going to be back this season? Is he going to be back at all? And I think, you know, the, the one thing we have to always remember is, listen, these guys sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment. I mean, these are kind of the gladiators of our time. And, and we got to remember there's a person behind this. And I think, you know, I keep trying to frame the conversation with people that, listen, I get we want to know when he's going to get back, but the more important thing is this guy has to be able to get his life back first. And we got to assess what kind of quality of life he's going to get first before we wonder, yes. hey, is he going to be back on the playing field? But from what you know of contusions of the spine, um, what is the chance? And again, I know none of us here have examined him. None of us here have seen the imaging. So this is entirely speculation. But from your experience, when you see a spinal contusion, what is the likelihood of getting enough function back and I say enough because it might not be 100%, maybe it's 98%, but enough back to be able to participate in a, a highly athletic sport like football. Well, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Is that we know he has deficits. What we don't know is the ceiling of his recovery. So he may he may recover to 100%. He may recover to 90 or 80 or 70. And then at that point in time, when that recovery is complete and, and has plateaued, you know, at that point, they'll do some sort of assessment as to whether or not these deficits are, are meaningful, you know, from a functional standpoint. Can the right. guy, you know, can the guy run? Can he walk? Is, is his balance okay? 
you know, can he keep himself upright uh, during, you know, during contact drills, things like that. If you want me to, if you want me to participate in your in your speculation and conjecture, yeah. um, I will I will tell you that uh, that the chances of him recovering, you know, from what we know now, the chances of him recovering to to a ceiling level that will allow him to participate in sports again, I would say is low. Yeah, and again, yeah. to all listeners realize this is speculation. Again, none of us have examined him. None of us have seen the imaging. And so we can't put our our medical aptitude into this because we don't have have access to that information. But you know, it's it's important to start having that discussion or at least getting it out there that there is a chance that, in a, in a pretty good chance that he may not be back on the NFL playing field. Yeah, the, the, the good news is that we don't see this injury this much, like this severity of injuries, much anymore. I don't think. So when you see it, no, it's like, I, oh my god, you know. You certainly, uh, you certainly see it um, a lot less as as kind of the heads up program has has kind of filtered through not only in the NFL but but college ranks and and even down into high school and Pop Warner type of uh, of teams. You know, the, the 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 first thing that we all saw for those of us that have knowledge about football and tackling is that it was a poor form tackle. And, and this, uh, you know, he, he spear tackled and loaded uh, a lot of forces on the top of his head. And so, you know, we can, we could see where the mistake occurred. We could see how the injury occurred, but, but as you were saying, Jesse, luckily we don't see a lot of injuries like this anymore. You know, I don't know what the statistics are league wide, but if I had to guess, I mean, it's it's probably less than one a season, um, yeah. to yeah. to this to this extent and to this severity. No, absolutely. Based I, on I what you got... saw, sorry, go ahead, something. No, absolutely, Jesse, go ahead. Uh, based on what you saw, where do you? I, I mean, we know he kind of grabbed T twelve ish area. At least that's what it looked like to me. What do you think exactly the 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 level of injury in terms of location? Like, if you were to speculate, is this more of a cervical? Is this more uh, thoracic? Or you know, where where do you think? Where would you expect this injury to be based on this hit that you saw? Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be right at the cervical thoracic junction. Uh, so lower C spine, upper T spine. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, is we know I know he grabbed his back. Um, a lot of these types of injuries will refer pain into the interscapular region between the shoulder blades. I think he was probably feeling it in between his shoulder blades, but because of his pads and all that, you know, basically as high as, as he could reach was maybe his mid back. But yeah. But we know it wasn't cervical, or at least it wasn't high cervical, because he did have movement in his arms. Yeah, and I think yeah. that the reason that I'm, I'm localizing it right at the cervical thoracic junction is uh, a lot of people saw him uh, with his right hand. They weren't sure if he was motioning to the trainers to come out onto the field. But what it looked like to me is, is that he was trying to clear some tingling out of his hand. Uh, so we, we've all seen people get stingers and, and other types of sort of transient neuropraxic injuries to the, to the arm. They always kind of open and close their hand as if they're trying to clear out the tingling. 
and and we've probably all done that, you know, in the middle of the night when we slept on our arm and the, and your hand falls asleep. That's kind of the same motion that I saw him doing. So I think his and and the nerves at the cervicothoracic junction go to the hand. So if the injury occurred there, he would feel it first in the hand. No, that makes a lot of sense. That certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, well, you know, obviously he's got a long road ahead of himself, and, and now he's back in Pittsburgh, so at least he can surround himself by friends and family, and, and we wish him the best. But, Ron, I'm going to switch it up a little bit because we have you on, and, and I want to pick your brain while we have you on. Um, you know, the, the NFL has made so much about concussions over the last few years, and they continue to refine their protocol, yet we continue to see all of these concussions happen. And, and this week – we're going to be talking about Joe Mixon, Doug Martin, and Amari Cooper, all of which have concussions. Um, mm-hmm. Are we any better at figuring out when that blow happens to the head? How bad is it? Are, are we anywhere close to being able to get an answer to that? Number one, getting a diagnosis, and number two, understanding the severity of it. I, I think that those are those, that's a great question, and the way you divided it up, I think, is very, very proper. So there's really two two separate issues. It's kind of the the diagnosis and recognition of the problem, but then the other side is is, is the treatment of the problem. Um, I think we're a lot better at recognizing concussions than we used to be. I think when you know in 2009 and 2008, when the NFL really started to pay attention to concussion and started to put you know rules and and, and personnel in place to manage it we saw a spike in concussions and everybody said, well, gosh, the game is getting worse. Look at the number of concussions. But the truth is, is that the game was exactly the same. Our awareness and recognition increased. And so the incidence of concussions did spike, but it was more because we were learning how to recognize it more commonly. And these days, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of the number of eyes on these players Every single game, every play of every game, there is, uh, in general, there's a team, there's a, a you know a team of physicians on the sidelines that work for the team for each individual club. There are NFL physicians that don't work for the club but are just working for the NFL on each sideline. There are spotters in in the uh, in the uh, press box and and the box area that are sort of the eyes in the sky. And that's not even, you know, that's not even counting kind of the, you know, the, uh, the announcers of the game that are watching it on TV and, and, you know, a million other people that think that they may or may not have seen a concussion. So there's a, right. there's a tremendous amount of eyes, whether trained or untrained on the players. And so I don't think that we are missing very many. Uh, I mean, I can remember, I can remember Colt McCoy, had a, had a terrific uh, injury where he got hit square in the jaw, had a clear concussion, and nobody even uh, recognized it when it happened. Right. Yeah. And, th- and there are sort of spotted reports about that that occur, you know, kind of every, you know, every few weeks, you know, a missed one here and there. But I think the vast majority of the concussions are being captured properly. As far yeah, as treatment yeah. is concerned – oh, sorry? No, I was no, just going to say that – like. Now the the athletes are starting to be more cognizant of it and even taking themselves out themselves out like a, I think it was Philip Rivers a couple of weeks ago Phil, and he yeah. was like yeah like he's like 
you know, I know that you guys didn't catch this, but this is like going on and this is my brain. I'm going to take myself out until, uh, until I'm okay to go, which I thought was amazing because most of the times they just want to play and that's it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that that was cool. Well, he has. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to see that change in culture is, is a totally different uh, way of looking at this, but you know, it's, it's fantastic that these guys, some of them are putting their health above and beyond the, the toughness of saying, Hey, I'm going to grit through this and I'm going to play no matter what. And, and uh, it's important because we, you know, the, the long-term consequence of concussions is real and, uh, and it's hard. we just still don't even understand who's going to have CT and who won't. So, um, so, it, it, you know, obviously we are getting better, but I think we are a long way off from number one, preventing concussions, number two, diagnosing them accurately, number three, predicting how long it is to return to play, and number four, treating it well. So, um, so I, I just think uh, we, the conversations have been elevated, and it's great to see that we continue to talk about it and recognize it, and hopefully that means safer players, not only in the NFL, but throughout all sports. Definitely. So, well, Ronnie, you're more than welcome to hang out with us if you want. Um, but, but Jesse, I'm gonna. I want you. To, you know, I kind of uh, uh, outlined the names of three athletes: Joe Mixon, Doug Martin, and Amari Cooper with their concussions. What's the fantasy fallout fall yeah. for all three of these guys? Yeah. So, um, Joe Mixon sustained that one on Monday. So, uh, and I don't know his concussion history, but um, my suspicion is that since it's basically a short week. They're playing the Bears this week. I would be pretty surprised if he played. I mean, he would almost have to start the protocol uh, basically yesterday, Tuesday, in order to be able to play on Sunday. If he doesn't, then uh, the odds of him being able to suit up are pretty pretty unlikely, um, which would make Giovanni Bernard a great matchup who basically played every snap after Mixon went down. So my suspicion is it will be Bernard and not Mixon in the backfield. Uh, as far as Doug Martin, Doug Martin will be back. He participated in today's practice, uh, which uh, pretty much uh, gives the green light for him to go. He's got a decent matchup versus the Lions. Uh, FTX isn't super high on him yet at, at 38, but I think that will continue and improve um, as he practices more throughout the week and shows that he's good to go. And then uh, Barber will go back to uh, – the second or third, which a quiz Rogers uh, kind of, you know, mixing it up a little bit. Uh, I think he's an RB two this week. And finally, Amari Cooper, uh, who sustained a pretty nasty blow a couple weeks ago um, is actually okay. Uh, from a concussion standpoint, I believe he cleared his protocol, but he's limited yeah, with he that ankle injury. Yeah. Um, so he, but he has a fantastic matchup versus the chiefs who just got toasted by McCown and the jets. Um, so he, but he should be good to go if he can practice from a concussion standpoint, if he can practice at least once by Friday. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Cooper's ankle injury? Yeah, I mean, it's playing out like a high ankle, uh, sprain. So for me, um, it's going to be day to day and, and hearing that, you know, from a concussion perspective, he's good to go. It's his ankle that held him out today. I think you just have to pay attention to to the uh, practice notes, and if you hear him practicing today or tomorrow, look for him to play uh, this weekend. And if he's not, then uh, it'll be next week. But I think at the latest next week, he'll be he'll be good for week fifteen. Yeah, I think that makes um, sense. Yeah, let's talk Matt Stafford because you know Dak Prescott 
as you know, for me, is, is important. Matt Stafford, they kind of had similar injuries where they had that right hand um, injured. Stafford had it by, by uh, somebody stepping on his hand and immediately grabbed his, his uh, third and fourth metacarpals, had x-rays that turned out to be negative, and it looked like it was just a bad, a bad bruise, contusion with swelling. And yet today they're saying that he is not out of the woods. What do you make of this, and what's the fantasy fallout for you on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little concerned. Uh, this is his throwing hand, if I if I remember correctly. So yes. the fact that he needs this, I mean, the ball, it's not like a baseball where you can grip it, you know, easily with, with your hand. Uh, this is a football that requires a pretty large range uh, to, to, to basically grab it. So he's probably going to need that to stabilize the ball. Um, I mean, I know he's he's playing the Bucks this week here in, in Tampa, uh, but I, I and, and who aren't a very good defense and should light up if he was healthy. But I'm a little concerned about this hand. Um, I, I think he'll end up probably playing, but his efficacy is going to remain in question. Um, his backup is someone by the name of Jake Ruddock, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, I don't. I don't think he's ever. Add him to the list of, of quarterbacks this season that we haven't heard of before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, right now, FDX has him as the 14th quarterback. I unless I mean we're talking about playoffs right now for most season-long leagues. Uh, I I probably wouldn't put my trust in him unless you don't have any other options. Um, and then uh, you know just kind of see how he does on Friday. But I'm I'm a little concerned about him from an accuracy standpoint. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, even if he plays, it's his accuracy that we're worried about. And being his right hand, his throwing hand, if it's swollen, he can't grip the ball well. He can't grip the ball well. You can't control it well. And now you start having issues being an effective passer. So, absolutely, I agree with you. So, we stand the quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor had his patellar tendon contusion, which is, in and of itself is actually even an odd diagnosis to have where the yeah. patellar tendon, which connects your kneecap to your shin bone, has a bruise in it. Now, Obviously, anything you have in your body can be bruised. I mean, we were hearing a spinal column, uh, a spinal cord bruise. So, you know, to me, he didn't practice today. Um, this is a, actually, to me, this is a an injury that can affect his performance because with a contusion, if you have pain, swelling, and you're the quarterback and you can't be mobile and you can't run out of the pocket to avoid a sack, now your again your efficacy drops. And so, again, another player where I think you're going to have to watch the, the practice reports, and if he practices, maybe he plays. But I think this is going to be almost a game-time decision. And if he's looking good Sunday, he plays. If not, he's out. Yeah, I mean, he didn't practice today. Uh, the issue is he he's a very mobile quarterback, um, and he needs this to move on. Um, and, you know, some injuries you could throw a cortisone shot in it and, and just move on and, and it'll numb it up and it'll feel a little better. You can't do that with tendons. There's a high risk of rupture, especially one that loads like this. So you don't have that luxury. He would have a great matchup versus the awful indie defense. Um, but at this point, I don't if he's probably going to go, but I don't know how effective he's going to be is can he step into his passes can can he move right. out of the way for a sack or for when he needs to get mobile uh, yes but is he going to be in pain or is he going to be restricted secondary to this uh basically bruise of the um patellar tendon so i don't i don't know i i avoid him at all costs 
because be, yeah. how awful they look last week and what he's dealing with, I downgrade all of his receivers um, and him himself. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, so let's talk Damian Williams, you know, has the shoulder dislocation, didn't play last week, pains the issue for him. He hasn't practiced uh, at all so far this week. To me, that all spells that he's out this week. I don't think he's playing week four to 14, um, maybe week 15. But and even though it's a long week for for the Dolphins uh, with playing Monday night, I just don't see him making it. Um, so do you agree with that? And what do you think uh, this means for your roster? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't know what to make of Damian Williams for the rest of this year anyway. Um, I, and I, Drake is the number one back. He's going to go against my Patriots, who secondaries look really good. So I think they're going to, uh, you know, uh, stack the box, make Cutler throw and interceptions, um, and just kind of go from there. I think it's, even though it's in Miami, I think it'll be a blowout. I don't think, even though they usually play the Patriots quite well, I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. Um, I'm not. I'm a little concerned about his, his shoulder. It may take another week or two at the minimum, which is basically almost the end of the season. So um, right. it'd probably be in your best interest to forget about Williams for this season. Yeah, I think you're done with him too. Because even if he does come back in a week or two, because you know how effective is he really going to be? Um, yeah. So kind of returning back to the area of the of the back, you know, Adrian Peterson and Amir Abdullah are both dealing with neck injuries. Both were out. Um, AP is still not practicing, which again, to me, means that this is a bigger issue than is being uh, led to us uh, from the media and, and whether this is just a strain or if he has a disc or has a, uh, a, a, a bone spur. It's really unclear right now what's going on, but to me, that means AP is likely out. Again, another day-to-day scenario, but uh, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, I can't imagine that he's playing this weekend. And that's the same kind of reasoning for uh, Amir Abdullah. Um, yeah. What do you think with these guys, and who would you put into your roster if, if you're benching both of these guys? Yeah, I, I was a little surprised the way that they d- described the injury or the or lack of information about the injury for Peterson, that um, he was an inactive, which is neck you always can be a little concerned, but um, right now he's I mean, he's already been another three, four days after the game and um, and he still has a practice. So this is concerning uh, reports say he's a little, they're still quite concerned. So I highly unlikely he goes this week. Kerwin Williams actually looked half decent last week, but he, in fact, was actually playing with cracked ribs, which I thought was a little fascinating. But um, I see him this week as an RB two or three. Um, versus the Titans, who have a, a decent running defense. Um, uh, he went 16 for 97 last week, so that's respectable. Um, and I think uh, he he would be a consideration, uh, considering that uh, Adrian Peterson is likely unlikely to to, to play this week. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, what do you think about Alex Collins and these migraines? You know, migraines obviously can be very very debilitating. We've seen it affect some of the Giants uh, receivers, and, and uh, uh, you think you know it would be okay to go this this week, or you think it's it's he's a guy you want to uh, probably bench. So I actually was a little disappointed in Collins this week because I that calf injury I thought was going to be a little worse, and then uh, in one league I needed him to get into playoffs. I sat him because I was worried about it, and he goes off for seventeen or fifteen for seventy five and two touchdowns, and scored something like 20-something points. 
um, and burned <laughs> burned me. He ended up having right. the calf injury wasn't a big deal. He ended up having a migraine, which, as we know, if anybody's have ever had a migraine or you remember from uh, Sterling Shepard a couple of weeks ago, they can be pretty debilitating in the effect in the fact that uh, he didn't even play the next week. Uh, I think um, he'll be good to go. I think he was removed from the practice report or injury report today. Um, and the fact that they're playing Pittsburgh, in a, it'll be another feisty matchup on on Sunday Night Football. Um, I think they're going to look look to run the ball. They're going to look to avoid getting a Big Ben uh, with a you know uh, Bell and Brown. So I think they're going to use Collins a lot if um, assuming his he's he's good to go, which I think he will be. Yeah, and I think you know obviously there's unpredictability of the migraines when they attack. You know when they come on, what what when they don't, what triggers them. But I agree. If he's in, obviously his migraines aren't going to be bothering him, and he should be fine in practice. So Ty Montgomery is is on IR, had the wrist surgery. Do you think this affects him for next year, or do you think he'll be good? No. So I mean, he suffered it in week four. We didn't really hear about it. Then he had the rib injury. Then he had the rib injury, a different rib injury, or maybe the same one. We don't know. Um, I think he'll be okay. Um, I think that was probably maybe a scaphalunate dissociation or something severe where they had to do surgery on it, um, and uh, which is basically what uh, David Johnson, I believe, had as well. So I think right. he'll be good to go for next year. So Dynasty, you keep him, uh, you stash him. Jamal Williams has been fantastic. You start him. He has a v- decent matchup against the Browns this week, or actually uh, pretty good for run stoppers. But you you will play jamal williams this week because of how effective he's been yeah so so coming into my neck of the woods with antonio brown and his toe injury and mark ingram who popped up on the uh, injury report with his toe injury things are going potentially in in different uh directions but uh just to touch on it antonio brown has a toe injury he played monday night had eight receptions 101 yards didn't seem like it really bothered him, and I can't imagine that this is going to be an issue for him this weekend. I think it's uh, something that's out there, but I don't think it's going to be an issue. Whereas Mark Ingram may be a little bit different scenario. He didn't play. He didn't practice yesterday. I don't have word on whether he practiced today or not, but clearly so. if he doesn't – I'm sorry. I don't know if you heard about it. I don't think he did. Yeah, so obviously with the game tomorrow, that really puts him into a situation where – it is unlikely for him to play tomorrow. So I think they're going into different directions here. I think if Ingram's out this week, um, it'll be important to see how he does in practice next week. You hear him practicing, look for him to go uh, for week 15. But otherwise, this could be something that bothers him. Uh, and we know, even though it's a toe, uh, we know this can actually really affect your play, especially when you're a receiver or running back or quarterback. Um, what, as you're pushing through, this can be a big problem. So what, 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 how do you position this as an owner if you have Brown or Ingram? Oh, Brown, is a, the guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's not that yeah. big. He just makes the craziest catches. He takes ridiculous hits, and he just makes people look stupid. Uh, you start him, and if he's playing, you start him, and that's it. It's not like Julio last week where, hey, he's matchup. Yeah, he's technically matchup proof, but he didn't do anything. Brown, you start right. him until unless he's uh, he's not active. Ingram yeah. is monster and unbelievable as that backfield has been this year. You kind of have to watch out for this because he could easily be banged up and they're just like, no, we're going with the hot hand. And Kamara has been so 
ridiculous. So unbelievably, uh, you know, he's, he's amazing. The guy's amazing. He's like a, averaging like something like seven yards a carry or something. Um, you, you just start Kamara if, if in DFS or if you happen to have both of them and, and, and roll the dice with Ingram if he's starting. But if you have another option, then go with the other option. But I don't know, maybe it's turf toe. I don't really know, but I'm concerned about it, especially since it's a short week and uh, he hasn't practiced the past two days. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't start him, if he just was inactivated. Right. Well, you know, if it's a turf toe, that's a whole big issue. And then if it's an unstable turf toe, now it's even a bigger issue. So we don't know what toe it is that that has not been disclosed, so we're just speculating, but keep an eye on him. Uh, Give me some thoughts on Robert Woods and his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, um, I I, I don't think he's going to play this week. They have a – should be a pretty good game versus the Eagles. Um, but at this point, it sounds like at least a grade two, uh, likely AC joint sprain, which is Hogan actually probably had a similar injury and he's actually going to come back. Um, but Woods isn't practicing. They're aiming for him to return next week in week 15. Um, so I like a cup, um, and Watkins both this week. Um, FDX has, uh, Coop at 15 actually, and, and Watkins at 16. So both have good matchups and both, it should be a, a shootout. Uh, to say the least. So um, no Woods this week, maybe likely next week. Yeah. Well, let's talk Kelvin Benjamin because, you know, we we predicted that even if he did play last week, he wasn't going to be very effective, and he didn't play. Uh, He practiced today. He's got that meniscus tear, and, you know, as as a receiver, anytime you twist, you you pivot on this knee, this little meniscus tear, which it sounds like it's small because they're trying to treat it without surgery, can become problematic. So, uh, for me, if I had him on my roster, which I don't, I wouldn't play him. I think he's going to be limited in his effectiveness, and I think that in the off season we'll find that he has surgery. You agree? Yeah. Disagree? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, even if he plays this week, he won't be effective. Zay Jones is by far the number one in that. In that, uh, Charles Clay will be around, uh, but Tyrod's banged up. Uh, so yeah. you know, even if they're running the routes, you can't promise the guy's going to be able to throw it to him. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a McCoy game. Um, and we'll just, I, I would not start him. I would, I would, I'd probably forget about him the rest of the year, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, and, and how are you feeling about Rashard Matthews with his hamstring? You think he's going to be uh limited in effectiveness this week? So I'm a little surprised by how much this is bothering him. I mean, I, it, it's, it never, they, these injuries are always sneaky. Like, like Danny Woodhead, who you think, oh, it's just a regular hamstring, and then all of a sudden he misses ten weeks. Uh, I don't think it's that severe, but at the same time, I think he'll he'll likely play. But he hasn't played the last two games. Um, he needs this in order to to get separation to be able to run effectively. Um, he has a decent matchup against the Cardinals, unless he gets Patrick uh, Peterson. Um, do I think he'll go? Uh, maybe fifty fifty. Uh, we really don't know how bad this thing is and how well. Um, He's looking in practice, but I didn't see the report on him today. Um, but and Delaney Walker's banged up too, so Matthews would be pretty important if he was able to play. So we'll have to keep an eye on reports. Well, let's let's uh, wrap this up on Greg Olson. He had that Jones fracture that was uh, fixed with a screw on this on uh, during week two. He has not played, uh, didn't play last week. Uh, the game before when he tried to get back, uh, he was limited and the foot was bothering him. He uh, is practicing. Uh, from what I understand, he did practice today, but he's limited. 
Um, I, this is one of those things that even, again, just like uh, Kelvin Benjamin, if he plays, I wouldn't play him. I don't think he's going to be very effective. And uh, I would not be surprised if he has surgery in the offseason uh, to address this Jones fracture once again. Um, and we've seen this theme over the last few seasons with Jones fractures, and it's just the way things are. Um, but but I am I'm pretty pessimistic on Greg Olson, and uh, I don't know what you think of him. Yeah, I um, I don't want anything to do with him. I, f- I feel like at this point, he's kind of like a Jordan Reed, who was surprisingly already ruled out for this week. I do not. I don't want nothing to do with him. That injury scares me. And as 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 awesome as he has the potential to be, this injury is, as you know firsthand, can be debilitating. And is I don't want anything to do with it. So I'm yeah. sitting him. I don't want anything to do with him. I think this is a funchess and uh, you know McCaffrey game versus Minnesota, which is a very challenging matchup. Uh, but I don't want anything to do with Olsen on the rest of the year, especially with high sta- how high stakes you are late in this season. You can't risk a, a zero. Uh, I think I, I, mean, I forgot to add one injury that Zach Ertz is still in the concussion protocol. Um, he is, and it's uh, yeah, it's unable. Uh, it's unclear if he's going to be able to go. Monitor Friday. If he doesn't practice Friday, then he's out. And this is a Trey Burton game again. So and who yeah. was very admirably filled in. So keep an eye on that. Uh, and I'll post my uh, massive list either on Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, about all the injuries and, and kind of like what it did last week. So you can find it on my Twitter or Instagram page, and I'll see if we can get it up on uh, the Fantasy Doctors website as well just to give a summarization of the injuries and whether or not I think they'll go. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And so you know that'll wrap it up for uh, our Week 14 podcast, but make sure to uh, follow myself, uh, uh, Jesse Morris, and even the fantasy doctors, we're going to provide you with real-time insight into injuries as they're occurring. Uh, Jesse has this massive update every weekend that's going to give you the injury insight as it's happening that weekend so that you know how to play your roster. And you want to check out the analytics on the fantasy doctors website at, uh, where we have our FDX score, which is our fantasy uh, health score for each of these players, and our fantasy uh, doctor value score, the FDVX score, where we give you the value of these athletes from week to week. Um, so keep an eye on these injuries. As I always say, the injury predicts everything, and we're seeing that play out uh, through the NFL season, and we'll see you next week.